Yes, hello and welcome to the Jock and Journo Show. I'm Jay Clark. Lots of topics to get to today. Hasn't it been an absolute circus uh, in the footy media this week or just what is happening with the Conor McKenna situation? Absolutely extraordinary. I think he's had the coronavirus or half-rona for about three days, but we'll get to that in a second because I'm joined by the five-time best and fairest winner, six-time All-Australian. He's the captain of Collingwood. How are you, Scotty Pendlebury? Um, probably like yourself, mate. My head's spinning a little bit. Um, it all started with our game. We come into the rooms after we won and we sang the song yep. and then I could just see the blank faces of the staff and our media manager, Steve Riley, goes, haven't you blokes heard? So, well, obviously not, Steve. We've just been playing a game of football. <laughs> and then, the news wasn't running at the same time. So um, he said there's been a positive positive test in the AFL and from there, you, your mind just spins straight away. Like you, I get, you know, you get the whole thing, like just worry about control the controllables, but your mind spins a bit. It's like, where are we going now? Like what's happening? And then obviously following it, following it, like we had Dalf today. So um, obviously followed today and then later today you hear that he's, yeah, he's had half Rona or he's been positive for 48 hours. So is that the um, official it's term, crazy. half it's, Rona? Oh, Can we go it's, on with well, it is now. But this, <laughs> the season's just, it's crazy. So, um, but yeah, it goes on. We're going to talk about um, just the ramifications, really. Things have changed uh, already on the on the training front, uh, the family front, which you wouldn't be happy with. There has really been a snap back into line. But I want to say hello to this man, Braden Cox. You weren't just happy with the plain black T-shirt before. Just before we went on air, you went to your wardrobe, you got on the denim jacket, and you look good, mate. How are you? Good, uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm just T-shirt ready. I'm trying to cover up as much as I can. <laughs> I'm still, you yeah. know. A bit, more, a bit more time in the strong room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, JT, what the bloody hell is going on this week? I mean, we're trying to follow it out in the public. We're trying to follow along, but it was, what, negative, somewhat positive, yeah. positive, negative. Uh, yeah. What's going on? You've been covering it? Yeah, real weird ass week. Uh, that's that's for sure. There was a bit of talk about forty eight hours ago. How I shouldn't say that. I should say about uh, Monday that it was a false positive. He was having blood tests and some, you know, some hope really that it was a bit of a stuff up of the test. Then it was positive, and uh, and now we're backing it, uh, looking at a negative again. And uh, James Stewart, what that means uh, for him. So look, it is. It is extraordinary, really. But it's interesting on the back of this, Scott, the AFL moved quickly and changed the training protocol so that you could not have contact at training uh, in a full train drill. Now, you have been doing the big match simulation, match simulation session once a week. You won't be able to get yep. that. Will that mean the intensity go down at training? There's already question marks about players where they are struggling with motivation this year. Are the intensity levels going to drop at training now? What's your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, I think for starters, there's, you can have one contact session in your small group of eight a week. Mm -hmm. So then one main session a week as well. So, um, I think sides that want to get that contact work in. So the in-close tackling, probably stoppage work, um, you can do it in your small group of eight or nine, but then yeah, like tomorrow we've got a full team training session. Um, and I've seen the training planner before. And it's so different. Bit of circle what work. We've been. <laughs> well, it's all it's all um, it's all sort of decision making based training um, with no contact. So, um, 
you know, I haven't had too much tackles at, at training anyway in the last five years, so um, not too much changes <laughs> for me. But um, well, speaking before we started with with Mick, uh, when Mick Malthouse was my coach, he was, you know, highly against heavy hits, much contact at all at training. He didn't want to lose any players through the week. Um, you know, even when it comes to tackle practice, he wasn't a big believer in that. It was you really? can you can tackle you can tackle on match day. It's a mindset, and um, he's probably proven right by that because most of his sides were great defensive pressure sides who tackled really well. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose I've played under a coach who wasn't a big, you know, firm believer in um, the tackle side of stuff. But, you know, there's I think there's like no spoiling, no stoppage work, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff now. So, yeah, we just readjust again. And uh, as long as we can do it on match day, it's, that's all we need that one day a week to bring that intensity, that attitude. And, um, yeah, looking forward to getting up to Giant Stadium Friday night. So you reckon it makes stuff all difference? You don't think it's going to affect you at all, really? No, I don't. Personally, I don't think it will. Um, some mm-hmm. guys in our team might have a different view to that, but personally, I don't think um, mm. it will affect how we play. It's a, it's a mindset. Football is you know ninety percent between the years. It's it's how you play. It's your attack on the footy, your intent when you when you roll up. So nobody comes into the game and says, "Oh, we lost this. We lost this game because we didn't try, train well on Wednesday." Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an out for, for sides and, um, yeah, I think we just, we just move with the new, um, with the new goalposts and we realign it's for four weeks. Hopefully in Victoria, we can get our, our shit sorted a little bit and get these cases down <laughs> and, um, yeah, away we go again. You go on to Perth, mate. That's what I think is going to happen. It could happen uh, pretty soon. We'll get to that in a second. Um, do you think there has been this discussion around, um, the wild swings in form, like honestly, footy tipping is so hard. Some teams are up one one week and then right down the next. Do you, have you sensed or do you get the feeling that players aren't as motivated this year? Do you think there is anything in that? The no crowds, the interrupted season, the training differences, is it as – I mean, I know you can only talk from probably from a Collingwood perspective, but do you think yeah. everyone is as hungry, the desire is up, as much as other years, have you noticed anything on or off the field in that regard? Oh, you definitely notice the atmosphere is missing, and that—that's a big mm. part of the buzz, the adrenaline, the rush. Um, you know, and I—I probably spoke. It, it feels like you don't get the high of footy at the moment. Um, of when you're playing well, there's sixty thousand people there, and you walk off after a good win. Like you know, for us on the weekend. Us first St. Kilda, there might have been 60,000 people there and you walk off and you're just sort of buzzing and you've got that much your blood, mm. your blood's pumping for, you know, the rest of the night. So sort of now it's like you get home, you, I know, watch a bit of TV, you're straight into bed, you, you miss that adrenaline and I guess mm. it works. I don't know if it, we haven't lost yet, so I'm not sure if it works. You know, if you lose, it's not as bad because you, you weren't copping it from the crowd or whatever it is, but there's definitely that missing element. Um, mm. But I think something that we're doing really well is we're just driving ourselves and, having a lot of fun out on the ground, plenty of banner, um, trying to trying to get ourselves up and about. And you can probably see with how we sing our song after the game that we have a lot of fun yeah, with it. it. And, um, You're best we enjoy on so far so. in the song stakes. You're best on in the <laughs> I, song stakes. Yes, yes right? we are. You're the yeah, number one so seed, right? Forget the, forget the scoreboard stuff, right? In a team song, you're doing it better than anyone. Well done, well done. I think the um, Geelong-Carlton game was – it showed – you know, not having crowd. I thought Geelong were coming back in the surge and there was just no real crowd to get them across the line. Do you reckon, yeah, well, I think there's, do you reckon there's, it'll play there's, a role? Yeah, there's, there's guys that perform, no doubt, because the crowd's there. You know, they love 
it's why you play. It's why it was your dream as a kid. You didn't dream to play on front of the at the MCG in front of no one. Yeah. It's a hundred thousand people. Um, but as I said, like we're all trying to adjust to the new reality that we're facing. And um, you know, it's exciting to think um Perth SA have said, you know, potentially within a month that it's full, you know, full whack. You can full crowds, you know, three weeks' time will be fifty percent capacity playing in front of thirty thousand people. So I think that that's exciting. Mm. It's just how do we get into those states and play footy? Yeah, on a plane normally. That's how you get over there, uh, Scotty. At the end of the show, uh, what we do is we give our three votes. You know, what's caught your eye from the weekend or who you really rate? I think, Scotty, you did Matty Rowell last week who's been continuing, who was on fire. I want to bring up my three votes now because for me it was Bruzzy Maynard. And what was it? Is he – Said he's his hundredth game. You're playing in a milestone game, yeah. And he's as he <laughs> pointed to the crowd as he walked off the ground <laughs> after the game, sort of just soaking up that non-atmosphere, really taking the piss. I like that from Bruzzy. Nice bit of colour and uh, personality from the great man. So he gets my three votes. Well, we, to throw that in. We had a um, we had a big week for Bruzzy's hundredth. So um, that's actually the milestone games. Milestone games are cool in this environment because you use any little bit of motivation you can get. I think at the moment and. Mm. Um, you know, we made a point of we wanted to make sure Bruzzy remembered his 100th game for the right reason. So it'd be pretty dour if he lost his 100th, no one was there to support him. So, um, True. yeah, I thought I thought we did that really well. Um, my three votes, I'm not sure if I've got three votes on me. Um, Think of one before oh, the end. No, I do. The Giants, the Giants-Bulldogs game, just the drama, the, oh. the constant um, niggle, everything if. about it I enjoyed. And sort of it just made you feel like footy's back, like – that was, yep. you know, handcuffs off, off we go. Attack the man, mm-hmm. attack the ball, attack anything you can get your hands on really. So it was um, it was good viewing. What was your thoughts on Nick Haynes at the bounce? I thought it was a milestone. I always ask as captain if guys are going to, if they play a milestone game, if they want to flick the coin. So, um yeah, so obviously what, that that wasn't the case. It was. I was clearly it was a mind game. It was it was the Giants and Canelio and Haynes trying to get into the mind of uh, Bonson Pally. Like in Canelio says, "Oh, just trying to you know teach the young guys how to flip the coin properly and you know give him a go." <laughs> Come on, Cogs, give me Come a spell. On. You're in your first year, third game as captain. You don't need to share that responsibility uh, yet. But look, the big thing from there was that Bont stood up to it. I mean, this is a guy who you know his form has been really up and down over the past three or four years. And so the microscope was always on him in this one, and he played well. He's team one. So as a bloke, he's probably not as – he's funny, Bonte, isn't he? Like he's an extraordinarily good player, coaches, AFL coaches, MVP last year. But he probably doesn't have that – what is it? Is it uh, that that physical edge to his game? We don't really know him as a really aggressive sort of player. Um, but – there were absolutely no question marks over his performance on Friday night because he the heat was up in the kitchen and he met the challenge. He wasn't bullied at all. And I think this is a, you know, it was a bit of a line in the sand for him. Do you think, Scotty, that in an experience like this as a young captain helps you along the journey? I mean, I could be making that up, but you'd know. I think the most impressive thing was the way his team went out of their way to help him just a little bit. He doesn't need um, – you know, he's not a guy who, as you said, I don't think he's got that massive physical presence. It's not going to go out and smash guys because his strength is his yep. calm head, his ability to get the footy and cut you to ribbons when he's got it. So he doesn't need to become yep. someone he's not. He's, but I love, you know, Liber, Liber acted true to his personality and he went straight away and looked after him and got after 
uh, you know, the Giants midfielders and Dunkley, you know, did what he did. I think all those guys just played to their character and um, it probably, mm-hmm. if anything, galvanized the Bulldogs more than the Giants, I thought, watching because they needed something. They needed they needed a spark and I feel like the Giants almost gave them a little bit of a spark by going out and attacking them and going after their skipper. So they all flew the flag and they, yeah. and they played tremendously well too. They, they really dominated that game for large portions. What is with the set shot kicking again? I mean, it's another year, another time we're bringing it up, but bloody hell, watching that game, the amount of misses, you're practicing, Scott. You're still practicing. I don't know. I don't really practice too much. I'm a midfielder who doesn't get too many set shots. I don't know. I, it's one, I think it's one of those things where it just deflects. I think the actually game. guys, well, I think guys put too much pressure on themselves. They expect to kick everyone, and if they're not, you know, and I've seen guys. And I've done it myself. You, if you miss a couple, you change your routine. And does this work? I need to try a new thing because you expect to kick every one. Like I think the best goal kick is at sixty percent, isn't it, or sixty-two percent accuracy? So you kick it six out of ten. So, and it's not like nineteen ninety now where one guy is getting ten shots. It's you know your whole forward line gets one shot each. So, um, but yeah, it's a definitely massive growth for the game. It'd be much better if we could kick straight. Yeah, at Eddie Had Stadium. The roof is closed. There's no crowd to put you off. There's no windy conditions. It, it just it's the yellow insurance. Yes, the yellow insurance. Got to ask right. you about Richmond Hawthorne in a second, uh, Scotty. So I want to know what you pick. I know you watch this sort of stuff like a hawk. So I want to know what you think Hawthorne did to upset Richmond. But just quickly to your game coming up Friday night. You talked about the Giants' intensity before. So with Bruzzy Maynard in your team, he's going to stand up to this Giants' uh, physical challenge, which which always comes. Are you expecting? Are you thinking they're going to come with that bit of spark, that that physical heat? Is that sort of a trademark from the Giants that you'd be preparing for? Because we know what happened uh, last final series, they beat the bull, beat up the Bulldogs, and then they took on you guys, beat you guys in that shot in the uh, upset in the preliminary final. You expecting that? Are you expecting some heat in the kitchen on Friday night? Yeah, we are. Um, the the prelim final, they beat us up around the ball and clearances, and I think the game before that, not too many people sort of remember. But we went up to the Giant Stadium. They had a few guys injured. Um, and sort of everyone just thought would win and they absolutely smacked us around the footy and clearances. So yep. um, the last two times we've played them, they've done us around the footy and, and clearances and contested ball. So um, we know what to and expect. We know that Oh, it, it hurts when you know it's cost you a grand final. So, um, mm-hmm. But we know that it's been a strength of ours so far this year, the, the attack on the man and the attack on the ball. So uh, we feel like we can control that part of our game. So we go up there, we confident in how we're playing, um, but we have to match them around the footy. So that physicality, being clean, because um, if you don't match them around the footy and, and you let them get entry to Toby Green, um, you know, Himmelberg, Cameron, Finlayson, Daniel, guys like that, they, they can cut you to bits. So we've got to yep. um, make some dirty ball for our defenders, but we've got to match them. We've got to, you know, bring our physicality and surpass, you know, whatever they bring to, to try and get the game on our terms. It's going to be game of the round. I've got no doubt about that. I know that you guys uh, would have been sitting on it all summer, of course, that last, that loss in the uh, preliminary final. And their season, I mean, without being sensationalist, their season is coming to an early crossroad. I mean, you don't want to be going down 1-3, 1-4 this early in the season because you've almost then got to win 10 of your last 13 games to get in the final. So you know they're going to be on edge. Um and they're absolutely going to have to be. But you guys are quite rightly, and I know you don't like to get into this too much, but you guys are quite rightly the pick of the teams at the moment. You're the deserved premiership favourite. You're going to be doing seeds. I mean, you look at 
you're unbeaten after three rounds and there's no real chink in the armor. I mean, yes, the skills are a bit slippery. Skills are a bit shoddy against the Tigers. We know how good a defensive team they are. The conditions were a little bit off. But against St Kilda at the weekend, you must feel like all these cogs are fitting in nicely. But then Dimmer says at the yeah, weekend, we don't want to be playing good footy now anyway. It's like that's how, <laughs> when you've won two flags, you can say stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can. But t- 10 days ago, don't forget, we're almost the side, we're the side that ruined football up in Richmond. So, um, no. Yeah, look, I think I think um, round one, we probably played three quarters of really good footy. Yep. Round two against Richmond um, put us down for a half and on the weekend put us down for the first half. You know, the game was probably done at half time, but – we yeah. kicked two goals to their one. So we've definitely got growth. We're not happy with how we're going. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're defending well, um, but we're leaving a little bit out there. Um, defending with, with, with also how Was Darcy Moore in the best form of his life? He's yeah, in the form of his career, him, Darcy Moore. Yeah. Well, I think anyone in our back six is at the moment. Darcy is. Mm-hmm. Darcy, Howie, um, you know, Ruffy never cops a mention, but – um, you know, some of the jobs he's done and the ability just to be the rock solid guy who often is the one who's getting jumped on by Howie and, and Das, but he's always in the right spot. Mm. Bruzzy, I thought on the weekend was fantastic. So, um, I love him. You know, crispy, maybe Nobs. So yeah, we're, we're, we're tracking all right, but there's, you know, there's definitely growth areas. I don't think, you know, I don't think Geordie's hit his straps yet at Ford, you know, he's had shots yep. on goal, but not converted yet. I think, you know, Billy Elliott turned the corner a little bit on the weekend. I think he had six or seven shots on goal. So we're getting there, but we're the just mid. getting used to it. Yeah, through the mid. Steve-O played on the weekend for the first time. Um, Darcy Cameron playing a forward role. So we've, we've got – I think the biggest thing for us is we've got that that chemistry that we're still working through and trying to find. But I think, you know, as Richmond would say, as most sides, you just need to bank points and that's all we're trying to do at this stage is play good footy, win some games and um, keep improving as the year goes on. You uh, named pretty much all the team, but you left uh, Taylor Adams out, who you gave a pump up last week, and boy, did he play one hell of a game. He took a massive bump in the middle, uh, stayed down for a bit with uh, a bit of sternum pain by the looks, came back, kicked a couple goals. You've got to be happy with uh, having him in the team a bit more consistently, at least so far. Yeah, well, he was he was a big reason last year why I reckon um, – around the footy were a little bit inconsistent because he only played eight or nine games last year. And um, yeah, his, his role, I think he, as a, as a midfielder, he's one of those guys that really drives our midfield. His clearance works first class, his ability to hit the scoreboard this season has been, I think he's kicked six goals. He's probably winning the, I don't know what we call it, but <laughs> the um, Coventry medal for us at the moment. So he's, he's playing great footy. He's, um, you know, I think I said on the weekend, he's, uh, he's an elite midfielder in the comp. He just hasn't been able to get his body right last year, but this year we're seeing the the benefits of a full preseason. Still, side bottoms back to his best as well. I think he's flying. Um, mm-hmm. His ability just to run and create extra numbers for us has been huge. So, yeah, we, we're going well. And you know, Coxie might come in this week. Ads Trelaw might come in this week. So we've um, got some good problems. Like you said, Jay Z, no chinks in the armor. Absolutely flying premiership favorites. Absolutely, don't get flying. carried away too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Just keep that beanie on nice and tight, Scotty. And interesting, Adam Chalor doesn't sound like uh, he's going to play or is not quite ready to play yet. Now, that is a nice luxury to have the great man just sitting on the fringes, maybe another run around the twos. Mason Cox um, is going to be have to be playing well to knock out Darcy Cameron, who's a bit quieter at the weekend, but still um, you know, looks like he's performing um, decently. I mean, before we move on, Scotty, would you be I'm commenting on those two? I mean, they look like they're... Yeah, well, I think- I think the there's a forward. Luxury. 
Yeah, well, I think ads, um, as I said, we had a day off today, so I don't know too much, but I assume the discussion for him is if you're right, you're, you're going to be playing and if they feel like mm-hmm. he needs a bit more match conditioning, well, let's do it. Because I think with the management of players, you can't afford to bring them back a touch early because if they re-injure themselves, that's a big, like, you know, four to six weeks, a big chunk of the season. So you'd rather take an extra week and get them cherry ripe if they need it. But if he doesn't, yeah. and then I think with with Darcy, he was part of a forward line group on the weekend that that played really well. So as most forwards know, that it's some weeks it's your week and some weeks it's not. But he created contest after contest. You know the Saints boys barely marked it, the footy off our kick. So he he played his role in that regard. And but you know Mason's played two good games in scratch matches. So I'm not sure which way they go. And and to be honest, either way they go, I, I feel like we'll, we'll be confident with with the side we hit out there on on Friday night. Nice luxury. You're going to have to fly up on the day of the game. Now, don't let that little, like, at 30, how old are you again? 33, 32? How old are you? 40. 32, mate. 32, 32. Mate. Just You keep nice and limber on that virgin flight up there. I don't want I'll you getting keep, too, too... I'll keep moving. <laughs> I'll have my arms out, 1.5 <laughs> apart, and I'll be moving. So Actually, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it because I was thinking today, I was like, well, usually Thursday, obviously, we, we fly up. But I was like, I'll be able to have... My normal pregame meal that I cook at home, um, all my food prep will be the same. I'll be able to jump in the pool at home like I normally do, um, watch the footy, sleep in my own bed, and then it's a short flight. It's an hour and a half, and then off I go. So I'm, yeah, I'm actually, I've warmed the idea if my kids sleep well. I reckon this works absolutely brilliant for you. You know, your brittle bones, no tackling during the week, shorter games. Yeah. Yeah, like, this it's is set a, up, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, you're going to play until. Pull some strings. You're going to play in until the Wuhan market. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, Scotty. Now, I know you always keep a keen eye on the tactics of the game. You would have watched on Thursday night. That's sort of written the Hawks off as the oldest team uh, ever to play the game, of course. But um, that went well. <laughs> Yeah, it went well. A poor Pew up like it pulled withdrawn late, which sort of stuffed the whole story. But anyway, um, if you check out my Twitter feed, there's some amusing stuff from the Hawks fans on there. Anyway, what did Hawthorne do tactically, Scott? I know you're all over this stuff. What did they do uh, to put the kibosh on Richmond? Yeah, well, I think um, one of the things that I noticed with the Hawks is their ability to match any long like so when Hawthorne got in trouble they uh, you know kick it long down the line their ability to have body on Asprey or um, Grimes Vloston to stop that third up intercept marking so and then once it became a ground ball battle on the ground they had really good balance around that contest so they weren't all on top of each other um, you know they had good sort of I don't know what would you say there was good spacing between their ground level players and then they just got to work so a lot of Richmond um, you know, some of their strengths is how they set up behind the footy. You kick long, you know, they, they might pin, um, you know, they say they pin John Patton down and then overcomes Grimes. So I, I, I feel like they fought the fight right at the contest with even numbers. Um, you know, guys like Burgoyne, Wingard, you, you see them multiple times just blocking their big so they couldn't jump just to get it to ground and then, and then play from there. And um, they, Richmond's pressure, no doubt, was off a little bit as well. I think, you know, they didn't tackle as well Nine as they normally do. Tackles. Yeah, which is um, which is unlike them. So whether that's you know a tip you had to Hawthorne's ball movement and, and system, and um, and I think one of the other things they did well was a little bit, I don't know, 2015, 2016 Hawks, but that little handball behind the guy on the mark to then 
you know, run and kick long. So defenders, if they're reading the long kick, you're going to steal 10 yards. So all of a sudden you're out of position again mm-hmm. as a defender. So I felt like they did that well. They could, and I, you, you often, yeah, when I was watching every time Hawthorne kicked long, it was almost like schoolyard, like markers up. There was that many people in that pack. And then on the fat side of the ground, you know, Henderson or Scully, whoever's out there, you can see them slide really hard if they won that contest to try and get out the back because Richmond, Richmond's wingers get back really hard to help them defend and Hawthorne made sure they matched on the open side and usually it would be, you know, Henderson matching on the open side and then there'd be Gunston, um, Bruce or some, and one other forward in there deep as well to stop, um, you know, if Richmond sent a loose back behind that contest. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously too, I think the Hawks brought that intensity. They lacked the week before against the Cats around the footy. So they won the clearance battle or, or, close enough to to give themselves supply and their defenders played really well. They they seemed like they marked everything that Richmond sent forward and then off they went again. I stuffed up the votes again. I hate this. I always, you do your votes when you do the game and then it's an anxious wait until the coaches' votes come out on Monday. And I went, I weighed this up right on the final siren. Was it Smith or O'Meara? Who was better at the time? And I'm, I'm going through the game, going through my notes like, nah, Smith, 14 possessions, first term, you know, the running on the wing, blah, blah, blah. I used the ball well, the long goal from 50. I'm like, O'Meara was good. No, nah, go Smith. Smith, three. Uh, Amira two, and I forget who was um, one. Sure enough, coaches' votes on Monday, ten votes. Jager Amira, eight votes. <laughs> Isaac Smith, which is self-indulgent, but geez, that really frustrates me when that's I stop. Don't forget that. though. In, no, no, in the that's that's a, that's a, I know how you're looking at it, but in there, best and fairest, where you yep. can give equal amount of votes, they both could get say maximum votes for that game. Oh, nice chop out, thank you. So. <laughs> Trying to give you a little chop out because you, you have to do five and four. I, as I said, watching it, I thought Isaac Smith was the most influential player on the ground, but O'Meara was equally as good. <laughs> equally as good. So, yeah. Back yourself um, in. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. But, a bit of confidence. Um, yeah. But the round, the round that just went, were we, I think until we played, we were the only favorite in the bookies' eyes to win at that stage. Yeah. Oh, would have been everyone else has been upset, so there's chaos, chaos, which is what 2020 is, isn't it? It's a season of chaos. What does Conor McKenna have to do now? Does anyone know? Jay, because he's negative. Is he allowed 14 days? No, isolate for 14 days still. Well, because he was, he was, um, he had it for about three days, so it, uh, yeah, so does that mean he still could pass it on? Well, you wouldn't have thought so anymore, to be honest. There's but I so guess it's just around. being ultra conservative. Like why? Why it's just is being cautious? It's Stewart is the only other player that has to quarantine along uh, with him. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, we see vision so of, could... of him tackling Sard and you know being in tight groups mm. with other players. It's like how how is this the one guy that gets done for? He wrestled content? with him. Yeah, but he rest, we. I just watched a vision of him tackling Saad and holding on to it. Yeah, yeah. Breathing in his yeah. ear. I, that's what. It doesn't make sense. And, and that's the way we all read it. And that's why there was the discussion around eight players out, ten players out, because you did sense. see all that stuff. And you think, yeah. you know, he was in the meeting with the defenders, and you think, well, he, he's spitting with all, all over the everyone. Fears are it. We don't but the close, that, but, the close um, contact definition that come through was fifteen minutes face to face within with 1.5 or something and then two hours in the same room. And like there's no time that I'm ever in the same room as anyone for two hours at the football club. 
and yeah, it just the way our schedules marry up. Well, the way the way all your schedules lined up too is like your physio appointments are fifteen minutes or fourteen minutes, so you don't spend that fifteen minutes. So it's all like geared around. So when you do your play tapes with the coach, it's always ten minutes. So it's all geared around not putting yourself in this in this instance. So as um, so, how long are they normally then? What's the context? Oh, What's the context? So last last, 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 last year, year normally. Last, yeah, well, last year you could sit there for half an hour and chat. You talk about anything. The young players might go. Well, the young players might go through their tape and analyze every single thing. Um, I might sit down with halves and we talk about how I'm feeling out there. What am I seeing? Um, you know what he's seeing. So you have those. But now it's it's pretty punchy. Um, you know, so there's win. all those things. It's a big which, win, isn't it? <laughs> it's just oh, for some some guys. Though, some guys won't enjoy training, that. No some training. guys love. You know that especially young guys, you know, trying to get better, you got 10 minutes. So, mm. but it's just all the things we have to do this year to um, keep the game going. So I think, yeah, out of the Essendon stuff, I think every club would just be making sure that they're, they're diligent, they're, you know, with their timings and, and things oh. like that. So, um, yeah, which is, yeah, important. I think that we, we all readdress how we're going. Now, I'm glad you brought this up because no, at the start of the – the coronavirus period, and I know we're going to finish up shortly. Um, before this coronavirus period, we had a disagreement about something. Now, I said that teams should be splitting up their pairs or their, their groups of eights, yes. should be splitting them up start this. smartly this is what and I'm strategically thinking. so that you wouldn't have your back line, you wouldn't have your midline, you wouldn't have your forward line. So you guys, I think, are crazy. And I know Nathan Buckley will be listening to this because he, does, he doesn't miss an episode. But like how, how you guys have your whole superstar midfield together, training together, I think, is unnecessary Richmond's risk. And that exposed Well, 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 well. Yes. well. And, 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 and I think. Oh, the region. Oh, hang on. Hang oh, on. There's been a gibbet. Don't tell. Oh, you got to wait oh. for something bad to happen for you to change. I think, <laughs> just I think we might have. I think we might have pivoted. Oh. <laughs> um, so your group so now. Yeah, so one, so Tommy, you, one Tommy to Wilson, <laughs> one to Jay, zero to to Scott. So um, rare win for yeah, me. but but yeah, it's it is interesting because they were all in the same group, Essendon's defenders, and they're all going to play. But Connor, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does beg the question yeah. why. 15 minutes, I, you spend it in the gym, right? You said you don't spend 15 minutes anywhere. How quick's your gym session? I've seen nah, those well, gym, gym was would be an hour, but it's like if you're not in close contact with that one and a half, you know, for 15 minutes, then Ooh, you know, I could be on the other side of the gym to Brody. We've got, we're, we're fortunate. We've got two gyms at our club and an upstairs mezzanine level with a gym. Ooh. So we basically got three, three gyms. So, um, but yeah, so Jay Z, am I going to Perth? What's happening? Yeah, you're headed to Perth, mate. <laughs> so when? Uh, I think there's going to be one more and an extra round in Gold Coast. Uh, so a sixth round in the Gold Coast hub, and then they go back um, and they play a derby first. Um, and you guys fly so round, over. Round seven would be a derby. I think round seven is going to be a, a derby. So you guys go over for round seven and you would play the other Victorian team um, or the other Melbourne yep. team who would fly over with you. And then the week after that, you play West Coast or Frio. And the week after that, you play the other team. So you'd be there for what's that best part of three weeks. Yep. And then come back. And then at that stage, would it be – so the derby would be 60,000 people there? Yes, if it's if it's by then. If it's be at least okay. thirty, 
up to six, up to sixty. Yeah. So then, which is great. Uh, um, back. No, mate. And which the, is amazing. And you know what? For as much as we've potted the W for this, they've come out winners out of all this. Now they're going to have games with crowds back there. They're going to have the hub over there, which is what they wanted. They could have the grand final over there. They've played it like a fiddle, the WA government. The, the tough talking from them, from them um, has absolutely worked. Yeah, well, I think the, the big draw cards, the, the, obviously having people there and fans there. So for two weeks, would we quarantine or for two weeks, sort of like so, what's so happening up on the Gold Coast? I, I, we could hub in an area, but that would not let anyone else near. You'd be in the Crown Hotel, so you can bring your little little swimming shorts, your little lilo, <laughs> little duck or whatever it is. Would you want yeah, to bring your family, well, Scott? That'll be the question you'll be asked. Well, if it's for three weeks, I would. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Three weeks. Is Just don't three call it. <laughs> Kelly called it a family holiday and got absolutely – and they no. played. Like, they were on family holidays. So I want the game face on. When yeah, you're going to suck it, it up when you get over there? You're just going to give no, it no, a bit of a if, if, I was, I was saying to Jay-Z today, so every state, happy to lag on any other state and they'll just pump up what they're doing well. So I'm just going to pump up the AFL players here for a second. We've had yep. 13,000 tests, one case confirmed positive, mm. zero cases now active, zero deaths. I'm just looking after the players here by saying that we're doing well and we're, we are not in high-risk population. Okay, let's get to our questions to get out of here, Coco. Before you give us your three votes and the questions from the good people who are contacting us at Jock and Journo on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what they got for us. This is uh, good. My three votes, because you made fun of me for being a tech nerd last week, I yep. picked another tech one. Um, yep. I went with the – I really like the – I'm sure you boys would have seen a lot of it over the weekend, but the, the Fox Air, I love that camera. Uh, it was a great shot of Jamie Elliott's uh, banana from the pocket. Watched it glide around, follows the play. I just liked the introduction of that into the coverage. But did I, Coco? I really agree with that. Oh, great. That, that's <laughs> How good is this? We're getting positive reinforcement, Jay. It's great. From the fans, here we go. We've, oh, this is one that we didn't really talk about. But uh, with everything going on and WA seeming like it's got everything under control. Could you see the grand final being played in WA this year? Absolutely. Yeah, I think if we can allow zero crowds here in Melbourne and uh, we're getting 60,000 in Perth, then that's a no-brainer. As much as that would disappoint the good people at the MCC, a 60,000-strong crowd uh, in Perth or even in Adelaide would be much better than an empty MCG. That would take three sets I'd I reckon the atmosphere at both stadiums would be amazing. Don't yep. you reckon? And, both stadiums and, are and, really top class. And Melbourne teams can't complain that they're going to play it over there because that's what happens to the interstate teams every year. So you're just going to have to I don't, suck, suck. I wouldn't that complain up. about that. No, no, no of course not. Because, man, you'd have, a, you'd have a normal grand final prep. You'd have the parade over there. You'd have all that sort of stuff. So I think we'd be fully supportive of that. You know, you've got your family, friends could come to games. Um, it would be interesting, though, to seeing how that would tolerate Victoria's trying to get in. <laughs> this one's from Jeremy. Uh, given right now with no crowds, no atmosphere, curious, uh, what's the best atmosphere you've ever experienced playing with, Scott? Uh, best atmosphere was 2010 prelim Ooh, versus Geelong. Oh. Chant. That was a big mm, Collingwood yeah. chant. That, that started that chant and then closely followed by the 2018 prelim versus oh. Richmond. That was a beauty. 
They were crazy games. Uh, mm. Great question. Uh, just two more. This one's from Ian. Uh, he said, have you found there's uh, any benefits playing with no crowd? Uh, you can That's hear so much easier. Out on the ground, you can hear so much. And I don't reckon guys are getting hit holding the ball as much because you can hear guys yelling at you hot and you can hear all your teammates supporting you. So I think there's – and you can hear the umpire a lot easier. So those, you know, those confusing touched off the boot things, that doesn't happen anymore at the moment. But hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd substitute those things away to, to get the crowd back. Hmm. Jay, and have you been to the ground for a few of these games? Is it good for a journo to be able to hear what's going on? Is it a bit different? Um, yeah, it is interesting parts. I mean, I haven't heard anything that's blown me away. It's, you know, it's interesting you hear the calls or whatever, but at the end of the day, it is still blokes just screaming for the footy. Is that calling out names? Dipper, Dipper, get hands, pass me that ball. You just hear that sort of on, on repeat. So there's no, I haven't heard any gold. No, no, um, as of yet. No, nah, it's just blokes screaming for the, <laughs> it's just blokes screaming for the pill, which is nice. Um, which is nice anyway, but I haven't heard anything that's uh, blown my socks off just yet, Coco. Last one from Cody, and we're a big NBA podcast. I mean, I, I don't give a stuff, but uh, you two are right into it. Uh, he wants to know with the NBA starting back up again, who do you reckon is going to win it this year? Uh, I'm going Lakers. They've been holding private workouts I read the other day, so that keeps <laughs> us in um, in great shape chemistry-wise. LeBron, AD, us, um, well-coached, we- I think um, – yeah, I think I think we'll get it done and get the chip over in Orlando, which would be nice. What do you reckon, Jay? Will, will extraordinary. Uh, they're going to take some beating, aren't they? Uh, I, I I think this could be absolutely the Lakers' title. Whether the Celtics can up upset them, I'm not quite uh, sure. But uh, yeah, I think I think LA um, would be it would be amazing in the context of uh, Kobe Bryant's tragic passing because. Yeah, um, I mean, what a potential tribute um, that could be. Have you caught the Snoop Dogg song about Kobe? I nearly got teary. Really? No, I, I haven't seen it. It was amazing. Jay-Z it sent wasn't it to me. But, yeah. do, do yourself a favor. We should Maybe we'll um, put it out on our socials to have a look yep. at it. It's, um, as you said, hits the, um, the heartstrings. I got chills. Righto, boys. This has been another great episode of Jock and Journo Show. Scotty, good luck Friday night against the Giants, especially if it gets all hot in the kitchen, mate. Don't don't take any crap from me. Mate, like, uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're allowed into Sydney as well, so I can't wait to get up there and, and play. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing Tiger Green and Bruzzy just punching on. That's my favourite part. <laughs> Magnificent and always. And if you'd like to give him some feedback on this jacket, which he put on just 30 seconds before we started it's recording. Bloody cold, Jay Z. You're wearing a very Eskimo ca- jumper. Sheep. Some slack. Mate, Scott, 30 seconds earlier, it wasn't too cold. You just had your Metallica t shirt on. <laughs> some of us running yeah, around. Nah. Hey, Coco, you look good, mate. You look good. Relax. It looks so good. I get defensive. Yeah. I get defensive. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks so much for joining us on the Jock and Geno show. We'll catch you next week. Bye for now.